What will the Denver Broncos secondary look like in 2024? We take a look at three of the biggest questions for the Denver Broncos defense heading into this upcoming season and offseason. You're going to get all that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot of questions surround the Denver Broncos defense this offseason as they prepare to potentially run it back with Vance Joseph in 2024. We'll take a look at three of the biggest questions that we have about Denver's defense going into this next season on today's brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and all you everydayers out there for making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get Locked On Broncos every single day, all year long for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you subscribe or follow if you have not done so already so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more. And you can be part of the conversation with the community that we've built here at Locked On Broncos. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange, Sarah, as we continue our question series here, we've talked about Broncos head coach Sean Payton, Broncos GM George Payton. But now we're going to kind of shift our focus to a little bit of a, an area, a side of the football that is important for the Broncos to really look at areas they can improve. And we've got questions here surrounding Denver's defense going into 2024. What is the first question we want to have clarity on as we get ready to head into the next season in July when training camp rolls back around? Well, hopefully uh, it's uh, are we going to have a defense that allows 70 points next year, guys? Come on. I mean, we can't be doing that. The, the Broncos bottoming out defensively, Cody, as much as we've talked about the offensive side of the ball all offseason and understandably so. I mean, we're talking about a potential change at quarterback, you know, uh, the cryptic Instagram post from Cortland Sutton, things like that. But if the Broncos don't bottom out defensively at either end of the 2023 season, they're making the playoffs. I mean, that's just the reality. If they were even slightly below average, you know, in those first five games, they're making the playoffs in 2023. So although like just with the course of a game, you can't say, well, you can't pin uh, the loss on any one play or one player, things like that. I think it might be fair to say the defense is at fault for the the Broncos not being in the playoffs. And it's also simultaneously the reason they got back in, right? Because of the <laughs> turnover barrage. So it's the catch 22, you know, but I think really how does the secondary look in 2024 is my biggest question mark, because that's probably where you're looking at replacing some notable starters. Obviously, Kareem Jackson, he's officially, officially gone at this point and doubtful the Broncos will bring him back yet again mm -hmm. in 2024. Uh, PJ Locke, a free agent, the replacement starter for Kareem Jackson, and obviously Caden Stearns injury. You know, he's got stuff going on off the field that the Broncos have to figure out. Can he be a reliable option for us? And the cornerback position is in flux with Fabian Moreau hitting free agency, not really a viable long-term option. I'm fascinated to see how the Broncos assemble the secondary. A lot of question marks there, Cody. I mean, I know a couple guys are under contract, like, Justin Simmons is under contract, but even Justin Simmons, you could look at and say, do the Broncos have to restructure or redo his deal to get him to come back? I mean, a, a bounty of questions at both corner and safety. 
I think the biggest one that we need to know from a positional standpoint is who's going to start at cornerback opposite of Sertan going into this upcoming season and who's going to start next to Justin Simmons. You mentioned P.J. Locke, as we all know, set to become a free agent. Will Denver prioritize bringing him back? Obviously, he had a tremendous impact when stepping in. I think it's important to know he had three straight games as a Broncos safety, the first player, first safety in Broncos history to have a sack in three straight games. That's kind of crazy to think about when you factor in the guys that have played the safety position over the course of the years, like the Darian Stewart's, the TJ Wards, who oftentimes Wade Phillips would send on aggressive blitz. But, you know, I think another thing for me is trying to figure out, you're, you're right about Caden. Like Caden is making great progress in, in, you know, we had a chance to hear from him and the cleaning out the locker room portion of once the season officially ended. And, you know, he said that he's in a much better place and he went through a lot. Like he said, it was very, very hard, you know, to kind of feel like himself going through the rehab and recovery of not being able to play. And he's excited for the opportunity to get back out there on the football field. I think that's one of the things to highlight there. And, and look, when you have a, a patella tendon, you know, you have to repair and replace that. That's, that's tough sometimes. So, you know, the recovery process, it's been good for him. He's attacked the rehab process well. But as you mentioned, it just there's questions about Denver's safety position away from Justin. And if PJ departs in free agency to go to some other team, we can all make the assumption that Caden is going to be the starter next to Justin. But behind Justin and behind Caden at that point, if that's the reality for this team, I'm a little worried about that, right? You have JL Skinner, who obviously it was a little bit of a red shirt year for him, his rookie season. I think there was some frustration just in the optic side of things from Broncos fans. I know I've even expressed that. We've talked about it, that, well, you know, you have all these injuries at the safety position right now. You have Kareem suspended and a guy you drafted can't even get on the field for special teams. He got on at the end of the season, but Delarian Turner Yell tearing his ACL, not going to be ready for the start of the regular season. Hasn't had surgery just yet. We'll have it here, I think, in the next week or so. So he's not going to be ready to go. So the safety position right now, really the depth behind Justin, behind Caden, if those are the two guys that are back, or if it's PJ, then you have PJ, Caden, Justin. Still, the back-end guys, you need them to play special teams. And right now, like it's only J.L. Skinner and possibly Devin Key, who signed a futures contract. That's where you and I have discussed, like maybe Denver signs a veteran to a one-year deal in free agency, not a guy to start, but a guy that can rotate in if necessary, but can be a key special teams player for you. I think it's something Denver's going to have to look at. And I think more importantly, you know, who's starting opposite of Patrick Sertan, right? Is it going to be Damari Mathis? Is it going to be Riley Moss? Everybody that's doing a mock draft, all these big names so far for Denver have, have went with Terry and Arnold out of Alabama, which I'm not opposed to. But as you and I have discussed on the show, quarterback is the biggest priority for Denver. Now, if they address that somehow before the draft, then sure, I'm okay with that. But questions at cornerback opposite of Sertan is definitely something I have my eye on as a big storyline this offseason. And we don't really even have anything to go off besides Iowa tape with Riley Moss because he didn't get to play in last year's preseason. He didn't get any reps at outside corner in the regular season, really. not Nothing that we can even really point to and say, hey, here's an evaluation piece that we have. So there's nothing to go off except for his work at Iowa, which the Broncos, they traded up. They traded a future third and a fourth round pick last year to get Riley Moss where they got him. So you've got to think that the front office, the scouting department, the coaching staff, they're all in agreement and saying, we buy this guy as a starter. I mean, that you're not taking a guy in the third round to come and be a special teams ace necessarily, unless you're the 49ers and you, you draft a kicker in the third round. But I think, Cody, that's, that's not what Riley Moss was drafted to do. And I know there's mm -hmm. been talks about position switch and things like that. He's going to be a corner 
for the Broncos, barring something unforeseen. I mean, Sean Payton was adamant about that last season when he was drafted, especially. So I think you have to bank on Riley Moss being a starter, at least projected, you know, with Damari Mathis kind of being that X factor behind and maybe Damari Mathis, I don't know, do you give him a look at potentially some safety work? I don't know. I, I don't know if he's played safety ever in his pro career or in his in his pre-pro career. I don't know if that's a possibility. Certainly athletic enough to be able to take that on and has some ball skills as well. So I would love to see just the Broncos get creative. Obviously, you want to see them attack some things in free agency. There's also some interesting guys in this draft class. We'll watch with eager anticipation the senior bowl cody at some guys at the mm. safety position i have a mock draft coming out actually the week of the senior bowl i've already scheduled it way in advance there's a guy from utah named uh, cole bishop who's kind of an intriguing potential option there so but a lot of guys at the senior bowl will be i think you can look at any just find some more dogs at that position right that's what we want to see for the Denver Broncos, and they might need to do a little bit of a reset at the position given their situation with P.J. Locke and free agency, as well as Caden Stearns kind of being a question mark. Well, the Broncos are going to have a couple of assistant coaches at the Senior Bowl who are going to be in some coaching roles, and on top of that, George Payton, scouts are going to be there. They're going to be watching, and they're going to try to figure out what path they want to go in terms of evaluating prospects that they have questions about. It's another great opportunity to maybe see some guys that – possibly may not get invited to the NFL scouting combine. I know there's some guys that will, some guys that won't. And obviously you get to keep an eye on Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. And some other quarterbacks that will be in attendance at the senior bowl. And we'll have you covered here every step of the way here, locked on Broncos, including next week. We're going to preview the quarterback position and could Denver have their eye on a franchise guy next week. We'll obviously dive into that here on lockdown Broncos, but we have some other questions about the Broncos defense. We're going to dive deep into here on today's episode of the show in particular could or should should the Broncos defensive scheme change going into 2024? We look at both sides of the coin here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Once again, that is ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Could we see the Denver Broncos change defensive schemes in 2024? Vance Joseph, it appears he is going to be coming back this season. So how does he work with the tools that he's being given by George Payton and Sean Payton as they look to address personnel issues that we've already touched on with the secondary and more to come here on today's episode of Locked On Broncos. But want to say thank you and give a shout out to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, especially if you rock with us during the offseason. You know, hey, the Broncos ain't playing right now, but Cody and I got you covered every single day of the week. 
here on this show. And we're excited to be able to do that. We want to come up with creative content and ways to keep you engaged with your favorite team right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere that you get podcasts. And shout out to all of you who watch on YouTube as well. Cody, Vance Joseph has, uh, I wouldn't say... uh, necessarily a a lot of carryover going into the 2024 season, but I think we did see some progression with the guys that he did have at his disposal in the 2023 season. Obviously the the Broncos really wanted uh, Sean Payton really wanted to bring Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. There was no secret about that. When Fangio said no, he pivots to Israel Evero. When Evero says no, you kind of open it up to everybody and Vance Joseph, I think, was asked to come in and run his version of the Fangio defense. First of all, from your perspective, how did that go in 2023? And also, do you think it's something the Broncos will carry over to 2024? It's a great question to ask here now. To answer your first question, it didn't go great. You know, I think initially, one thing we saw was Vance coming in and Sean saying, hey, like this is the defense that everybody right now, for the most part around the NFL, they're running this scheme. And we saw like under Vic Fangio and under Azero Evero, Denver had a ton of success with it. And you wanted to build and maintain that continuity. And I think a, a good thing that Denver had, and I think a reason why it was asked by Sean Payton was, okay, well, you have a lot of your guys from last year coming back that already know this defense. You have Christian Parker, who is a big part of it as well in terms of the defensive backs coach. He can help Vance with terminology, or they can change a couple of things where it keeps it the same. Now, while you can do all those things, and while Denver did that, the biggest difference, Sarah, about Denver's defense is for a guy like Vance Joseph, who's been used to calling his defense, right? We've seen over time a lot of cover two, you know, cover zero at times, a lot of aggressiveness, and even some man coverage, cover one situations there. There was this dynamic where it's like how you call the defense that you haven't ran and you're calling something different. It's it's tough, right? You have to understand the flow of the game, which I think for Vance, when he's calling the defense from his perspective, how he has always done it throughout the course of his career as a coordinator and how he's evolved. I mean, it's you're comfortable with what you know, right? And so for Vance, I mean, this wasn't a, a scheme or a system that he's ever ran before. He's ran a hyper-aggressive version of it that just had different coverage concepts and and, and landmarks there. So that's where you saw the, diff, the, I'd say, like the disjointedness of it. And for a while, I think through the first five weeks of the season, you saw the Broncos defense. The biggest issue I saw from them, there was no communication, right? And that's why they made a bunch of personnel changes. Like, there would be motion, and we would never see anybody talk. You know, usually, and obviously, Justin Simmons missing some games. That obviously hurt because he's a big part of their communication. So ideally, when you watch Justin in the game here for the Broncos defense, you'll see a formation shift or you'll see a motion. Justin communicates. Josie Jewell will look back, and he'll, they're on the same page. Jaquan McMillan inside the nickel is looking, saying, hey, 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 like, I got this, whatever. And then you got Pat. Like, you got guys talking after Denver went back to just going to what Vance Joseph's defense was. Like, guys got a little bit more comfortable. They simplified a lot of things. And then we saw just Denver's defense playing with a lot more confidence that helped them on a five-game win streak. And they still think in areas they struggled against teams like the Detroit Lions, those explosive teams. And I'd say teams that run the Shanahan style of offense. You saw it against the Jets, against Brees Hall, who busted up the second half with a big-time touchdown that really kind of, oh, no, like Denver just lost all the momentum in this game once again. Against the Buffalo Bills, they gave up a buck 92 on the ground, still found a way to win. For me, where I look at Denver's defense is, 
I think they have the pieces in a lot of the areas, the right areas, right? And there's still some questions, obviously. I think their biggest question here is about the defensive line. Like everyone wants to talk about linebackers, Sarah. I think Denver's biggest issue for them was not getting enough push on the defensive interior. Now, this is where they could go to a 4-3 scheme. Now they run a, pro- a predominant 3-4 scheme. They run primary a nickel. That's their base defense there. 4-3 would mean that you kind of can't go into the nickel there. So I think maybe you go to 4-3 when you're playing a heavy run team, right? That doesn't like to spread it out. That's tough, though, because how many teams really have that emphasis? I think, you know, when Derrick Henry was with the Titans, and I don't know if he's going to be back with them, that was a formula that we saw. Like when you have a team that's just really dang good at running the football, that's where you might benefit from a 4-3 look there. But just today's NFL is so balanced in terms of where the offense is. They can run heavy run looks with, you know, Montgomery and Gibbs in Detroit is a great example and still carve you up in the passing game with the guys that they have. So Denver, I think personnel, they have to upgrade on the defensive line, which is something we will definitely be talking about here in a little bit. Um, but to me, I, I think that Denver is going to have to look to diversify their scheme a little bit going into 2024. I think so too. And just finding unique ways to create pressure like they did throughout the season. I mean, ideally, I think the, the, the thing about this defense, the Fangio defense that, you know, we saw, and I think Bears fans kind of, you know, it was the, the double-edged sword with Fangio. You love the Vic Fangio defense most of the time, but a lot of times fans were getting frustrated because he's only trying to get pressure with four and sometimes five. And I think when the Broncos really had a lot of success in 2023, it was, you know, when the Broncos were blitzing, when the Broncos were being super aggressive and sending extra guys, that's when we saw the turnovers created. It just, unfortunately, it wasn't able to be sustained throughout the course yeah. of the year because, man, all of a sudden now you're leaving this guy. We saw against the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Broncos are sending guys and they're not getting home and Jared Goff is carving you up on the other end. So that's where I think that this the Broncos need to get better on the defensive front, like you said. And it's it's the defensive line, it's the edge group, and that, I think, is going to make the linebackers that much better because those guys, they unfortunately missed a lot of tackles in, in 2023. As many tackles as they made, they missed a lot, too. And, and that was the tough part is, you know, you're getting beat at the line of scrimmage, and then your guys at the second level are missing their assignments, and that led to a number of games where it was just like, against the Raiders multiple times, against Detroit, against Miami. I mean, you're talking about just sitting there as a fan watching the game, just frustrated as heck because why are these guys, what are these guys even doing? You know, what are they doing out there? Is it, is it Vance Joseph's fault? Is it a lack of talent? Is, you know, what is it that's going on? So that I think leads us to that question too. As you talk about scheme change, I think it leads us to uh, perfectly where we're going and talking about a revamp of the defensive line, which I think the Broncos desperately need in 2024. Sarah said it best. That's going to, that's what we're going to talk about here on today's episode of the show, looking at the Broncos defensive line, could they revamp it? And if they do, what, what type of results could it lead to? We'll look at every side of the coin here pertaining to that scenario here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The NFL regular season has wrapped up. The playoffs have been ongoing, and now we are approaching AFC and NFC Championship Weekend where you had the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. You had the Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers. The winners of these matchups, they go on to the big game. Game in February, and there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, 
New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So if you're a new customer and you sign up today, you place a $5 bet on anything, any sport, whatever it may be, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets that you can use on the big game in February. You can use it for championship weekend here this weekend between the AFC and the NFC teams that are going to be battling respectively. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet and get involved in the action, like live same-game parlays. You can watch the game as it's going on, and you can put a, a parlay down as to who you think are going to be anytime touchdown scorers, first touchdown scorer, Will a team score on this next drive that they're on? You can get involved there on FanDuel. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Will the Denver Broncos revamp their defensive line? That's something we're going to dive deep into here on today's fourth quarter action of the Lockdown Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quick, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country. You make this show exactly what it is. We wouldn't be where we are without your support, without your interaction. We are so grateful for all of you who take time out of your day to listen to us wherever you get your podcast for free or whether you watch us on YouTube, make sure you engage in the comment section with other members of Broncos country as they share their thoughts on the biggest things that are going on with your favorite team here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Sarah, I think we can all be honest here, and I think even Broncos country will agree for the most part. When you look at the Broncos defensive line, you can make a real legitimate argument that they need to revamp it in some areas in particular. And I know we just talked about a potential scheme change, what that would look like. For me, like if we went with the 3-4 model in terms of talking about Denver switching to that, you would have two outside linebackers as your defensive ends essentially there. And then you'd have Zach Allen, I think, there. And then maybe DJ Jones. Like that might be your 4-3 guys. I mean, I don't know if that's the case here, but I just feel like Denver, when you mentioned, you mentioned when they blitzed or when they stunted, that's when they usually got home. But Denver never created a lot of pressure opportunities on quarterbacks with the defensive line, just base as is, not stunting, just straight up man on man. And that, to me, I think signifies a problem that Denver is going to have to find some guys. They're going to have to revamp to get guys, I think, that can create pressure internally against quarterbacks. And I think that'll help out the edge rushers. It'll help out the linebackers and also help out the guys in the back end of the secondary. I think a revamp, if there's anything on the defense that needs revamped, it's the defensive line, in my opinion. It absolutely is. I mean, that this is the one area where I see the Broncos kind of cleaning house a little bit. You had guys like, I mean, you kept Elijah Garcia on the roster all year after he was already kind of on the practice squad and working his way up the year prior, and he didn't really see any action. Matt Henningsen, I don't think he's going to play a full-time role going forward. Ioma Uazurike, we know he was suspended this past year, also kind of had a redshirt his rookie season as well. Uh, in a way. And and so we don't know what the Broncos are going to get from him. Jonathan Harris hitting free agency, Mike Purcell hitting free agency. I think DJ Jones is honestly a kind of a salary cap cut potential candidate there as much as you would say, well, that doesn't make sense because you're cutting one of your most talented guys. Just, I mean, the Broncos could save, I think close to 10 million if they cut DJ Jones, Cody. And of course you're cutting a good player, but his cap hit is over 12 million. And like you said, if you're not winning those one-on-one battles on the defensive line, can you justify over 12 million in salary cap assets to one guy? And I just don't know if that's going to be the case. So I think there's a lot more question marks than anything else at this unit, because Zach Allen is the one guy 
who was consistently getting that production. But then if he gets double teamed, then what? Then what happens? So I think the Broncos need to go to free agency. We know that they're not planning on going after the the Chris Jones types. At least that's what they're saying right now, right? So if that's the case, then you got to look deeper down the line of free agents. And there are guys. I mean, we're talking about reclamation projects. We're talking about guys that you sign to one to two year deals and say, hey, we'll give you a shot to start and rehab your value. You can maybe get a bigger contract next year or in two years. Guys like Javon Kinlaw. I mean, Sheldon Rankins is back to free agency this offseason again. And players like Ashawn Robinson and things like that. I mean, there's names out there that fans will recognize that could help this defensive line unit. But guys that have maybe kind of drifted in, in, in between like, well, he had one really good year this year and then he had a really down year this year. Or he he's shown that he can be great, but he's had injury issues. I think those are the types of guys that could really help the Broncos. I've mentioned this before, Cody, but back in 2005, 2004, 2005 range, the Broncos assembled a defensive line unit that was affectionately labeled the Browncos because they just signed a bunch of former top five picks from the Cleveland Browns who didn't make it with Cleveland. Like former number one overall pick, Courtney Brown, Gerard Warren, Ebenezer Ecubon, all these different guys, Michael Myers. They signed all these guys who used to play for the Browns and for whatever reason, it just clicked in Denver and they were a dominant unit defensively. So maybe a similar type of deal here almost 20 years later. Well, and they could do that, as you mentioned as well, with potential former Bronco Shelby Harris, who played with the Browns last season. He's also another name out there. He still lives here in Denver. His family lives here in Denver. So maybe there's a reunion in the works. I know that they brought him in for just an I don't think they did a work. I just think they just brought him in and, and interviewed him and talked with him initially before he ended up signing in Cleveland. And there was no deal made by Denver. Uh, really, I think a quick update here on Inyoma Uwazarike. Sarah, I don't think Broncos fans should count on him being in the NFL and him being a member of the Denver Broncos going forward. Because as we all know, the NFL, they've really cracked down on the gambling. And the fact that Uwazarike was betting on games that he was playing in specifically is a huge no-no. And on top of that, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a criminal case going on right now in Iowa, at Iowa, you know, in the state of Iowa because of what he did. I don't like it's it's an unfortunate thing for a young man. He made a big mistake, but at this point in time, I don't think that he'll be back in the NFL. And unfortunately, I think it looks when you look at the parameters of the Russell Wilson trade and that, you know, the draft pick that never got, they used it on Inyoma. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to pan out either. So that's a tough position for Denver to be in. I know that they liked him. They, they There were some traits about him they hoped could develop. But unfortunately, when you're not able to play and you're away, like you can't even be at the facility. You can't train. You can't do that. It, it's just a tough dynamic for Denver to kind of be in. And I'm with you there. Like Mike Purcell's a free agent, but he's not a guy that's going to, you know, he can plug against the run on the interior, but he's not a guy that's going to create a lot of quarterback pressure. And that's what Denver really needs here. I like some of those names that you mentioned out there, but for me, it's just you're, you're spot on. Like Zach Allen is here for another two years. Like he's got another two years on his deal here with the Broncos. And he turned it around this season because the first five weeks were rough for a guy like Zach Allen. But I think the thing that stands out to me is he's got a high motor. He's a guy that's just relentless in terms of his movement, creates pressure on the interior. Even if he's getting double teamed, Denver needs other guys there that can also do that. Because if you have other guys that have the capability of drawing that consistently, somebody's going to come free in a one-on-one. -on -one, and that's where I really have a lot of 
belief in Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, Nick Benito. I have belief in those guys on the edge. But unfortunately, when you're able to double team and hedge out and step and prevent an edge rusher from being able to get home, then I think that speaks bigger volumes to where your defense is struggling. And so I'm very curious to see how the Broncos meetings went just last week where they had coaches back in the building and they went through the review and they're looking at what's ahead. Do we need to make scheme changes? Is it a personnel issue? Where can we get better? Like they have these meetings. I, I wish I was a fly on the wall to hear those conversations because I think some of these things that we're discussing are probably being discussed internally inside the building. They definitely are. And I think one of the big things too, is that edge production. I mean, we've talked about it on this show. Do the Broncos have a bunch of Robins? Uh, is anybody going to emerge into a Batman off the edge? Like that one guy that closes out games that closes out the first half that creates a big turnover when you need it. Do the Broncos have that guy on the roster developing or do they need to go out and get somebody? And if they go out and get somebody, if you're not in that top wave of free agency, I guess we can kiss goodbye the idea of Daniil Hunter from the Minnesota Vikings. But what about somebody like Chase Young? Could Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper and all the other 150 Ohio State players that the Broncos have on their team right now, could they go out and recruit Chase Young and say, hey, you come be that top dog off the edge group and we're going to bring pass rush in waves. Could that be something? I mean, so I love the idea of attacking these younger guys in free agency that may not have reached their full potential yet that could still do so in Denver. I mean, former Saint first round pick Marcus Davenport, he's going to be a free agent again. Cody, is he going to be And does Sean Payton? How many former Saints does Sean Payton look into this offseason that could help this defense, the Denver Saints. Hey, not the Broncos. We're the Denver Saints. So I think we may be on to something there, Cody. Look for the former Saints. Look for the former first-round picks. Look for the former, former Cardinals. guys who have produced former Cardinals. I mean, there's it's all-encompassing. And guys that have connections to this coaching staff, that's going to be critical in terms of achieving what we're talking about. If there's scheme change, if it's, hey, we need to be better about, you know, we're going to stick with the same scheme, but we need guys to be better at winning individual battles. I think look for those guys in free agency this year and and we'll see what happens. But man, that seems like the smartest, wisest route for the Broncos to go. Some tall orders ahead here for the Broncos this season and the offseason. Realistically speaking, a lot of housekeeping stuff that we are trying to figure out how they're going to manage certain moves. But George Payton said that they have a plan. Sean Payton believes in it as well. And we'll see what comes to fruition here. Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode of the show here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Just a reminder, thank you once again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. For all you everydayers out there, here's what you can expect on tomorrow's episode of the show. I don't know about you, Broncos country, but we... We're rooting for Lamar Jackson this week, and we're going to preview the AFC and NFC championship games winners with everything on the line to go to the Super Bowl. We're all rooting for Lamar. We'll break down the game and share our thoughts on it and also tie in some of our Broncos perspectives into it on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.